Testing, there we go. All right, <clears throat> well, today um, I'm going to, the title of the message is Loving the World, in parentheses, the people, without loving the world, in parentheses, the world systems. Loving the world, the people, without loving the world, the world systems. So <clears throat> in light of the messages that we've heard in the last few months around here and what God is dealing with people about, I believe that God is challenging his people, his people here at PIC and his people around the world to step out of the mask of religion, man's religion, and to step into true Christianity, okay? In other words, to be Christ-like, to be like Christ in the way we live and the way we treat others. <clears throat> and so let's take a look at this first scripture, James 1, 27. I'm using this from the Good News Translation. And it says, <clears throat> what God the Father considers to be pure and genuine religion is this, to take care of orphans and widows in their suffering and to keep oneself from being corrupted by the world. I want to read that again. What God the Father considers to be pure and genuine religion is this, to take care of orphans and widows in their suffering and to keep oneself from being corrupted by the world. Well, I believe we see many times uh, in the Western church world is this. We either see people focus so heavily on not being polluted by the world, and they neglect taking care of those less fortunate than themselves, or we see it the other way around, focus so heavily on taking care of those who are the poor and the less fortunate, and they neglect keeping themselves from being spotted and polluted by the world system. But I believe that God is calling us to be a people, individually and corporately, who exhibit a balance of the two. I really do um, believe that. And that's not easy to do. Um, here's an, uh, we're gonna have a demonstration. So uh, I'm gonna, in the natural. So what I want is my good buddy, Andrew. Come on up, Andrew. You didn't know you were volunteering. Okay. And Josiah, get rid of that basket and come on up here. <laughs> All right, Andrew, get two of those soccer balls. Uh, with my hands or feet? Uh, you can uh, have you <laughs> hands. That's fine. All right. <clears throat> you come on this side. Josiah, you get two, and you're over here. All right. So, gentlemen, what I want you to demonstrate is balance, all right? So just hold them, hold both balls out, okay? Okay? You can balance those pretty good, right? All right, now, bring one foot up and keep it up. Okay, now keep it there. Let's see which one goes off first. Yeah, a little bit, I see a little shaking going on. Come on. Mm, they're working at it. All right. All right, keep going, keep going. How are we 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. I see you holding. Yeah, you're, you're holding. When you don't have any friends over here, you got to come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Stop. Stop. Okay. Put your foot down. <laughs> All right. They, they did that fine. All right. Put the balls down. All right. Now. Okay. Hold your hands out like you did before. Okay. Other leg. Okay. Let's hold it. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. There you go. All right, there we go. See a little movement going on. All right, okay. All right. Now, what you're, what I want you to notice is this is just a, a, an example. You're good, guys. All right, thank you. All right, <clears throat> don't go anywhere yet. Sit down. Just yeah, I'm going to use you one more time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, the idea was, uh, which they practically destroyed my example, but anyway, the idea was. It's easier with the two feet on the ground <clears throat> to get that balance, okay, than it is with one foot up. Um, and balance, you know, involves more than just those two feet. It in- involves a lot of things in the ears and in the brain. Um, so things have to work. A lot of stuff has to work together. And for us as Christians to achieve that balance of loving the people in the world and yet keeping ourselves pure before God is going to require a lot of work. It doesn't come easy, okay? Uh, It's something we will have to work at, all right? Um, But I do believe that God is calling us to do it, and what he calls us to, he will equip us, which is basically what 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says. So if you got that, it says, this is NIV, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it or he will accomplish it. So what he calls you to, he will enable you to do it. He'll give you the grace to do it. All right. So the next thing in line with, the, with this is perspective. Okay. So Andrew and Josiah come up again. <clears throat> All right. Now, come here. Right here. All right, that's good. All right, so Andrew and Josiah are both in the same room, okay? All right, now, Josiah, look straight ahead, but you're not looking at Andrew, so just, you know, either side of Andrew, okay? Describe some things that you see. What type of sign? Okay, okay. Speak louder so they can hear you. Uh, a curtain. Uh, I can see the exit sign right there. I can see part. I can see that door, and I can see um, the door. You gotta describe. Uh, it's black. It has blinders, okay. shades, and it has a, a handle that you push to get out. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. So Andrew, looking past Josiah, what do you see? A banner that says discipleship. A yellow wall, the thermostat, an outlet with one of those things to keep me from sticking my fingers in the socket, okay. uh, some lights, okay. ceiling tile or two, okay. uh, that television right there. Right. That's about it. Okay. Good. Now, they're in the same room. What did they see in common? 
Both of them saw a sign. In their description of the sign or the banner, was it the same? It was not. It was different. Okay. So, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. All right. <clears throat> so, what I'm getting to is perspective. All right. In perspective, again, they were in the same room, same place. Both of them were talking to me, okay? Um, <clears throat> but they were looking in different directions, and so what they were seeing, neither one of them was wrong, but they saw two different things, and they were in the same place, okay? So when we deal with people, when we're working with people, just because someone sees something different than you doesn't mean that they're wrong, okay? It just means they see something different than you. And we have to be, as Christians, we have to have a, a place, come to a place where we're open to understanding each other, okay? Where we're open to seeing something from a different perspective. Um, so, um, when we shut down and we're not open, then it doesn't build relationships with people. It doesn't build connections, all right? We have to extend mercy, and we have to see each person as a human being whom God has created, okay? We have to um, see that person that God has created as someone who's worthy of being respected, and we have to seek to gain understanding of others and to have a perspective that's different from our own. So that might mean that like in the example we just demonstrated, that we may need to change our angle somewhat. We may need to take a little bit deeper look into a situation. We may need to go the extra mile, okay? and doing the right thing for a person or persons that are different from us, okay? All right, so that's, so thus far I've talked about balance, okay? The balance of loving the world, loving other people, and uh, perspective, realizing that different people can see things differently and not be wrong, okay? So, what I want to do now is, having said all that, I want to give us a warning. All right. So in doing what I just said, we also have to be sure to hold to the principles and values found within God's word. I want to read some scriptures to you, and I'm going to do very little interjecting here, but I'm just going to read most. I may interject a couple of times. It's going to be straight-up word, and as I read these scriptures to you, I want you to be mindful of how long ago these words were written, and yet how applicable they are to us today in the culture and society in which we live. So, first one is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, and I'm using um, the Living Bible and the NIV. This first one is the Living Bible. It says, and remember, oh, yeah, 1 Peter 1, 17. And remember that your heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites when he judges. 
He will judge you with perfect justice for everything you do. So act in reverent fear of him from now on until you get to heaven. Okay. First Peter 2, 16 through 17, NIV. says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Here's one injection I'm going to put in. Um, When I was doing some reading background on the Apostle Peter, okay, I was actually doing it for the teaching, the Ignite class, Um, but I was reading, and he was killed under Emperor Nero, okay, and some scholars uh, say that, you know, uh, historians say that Nero was really, he had it out bad for Christians, Uh, killed a bunch of them, tortured them, uh, ignited their bodies on fire, etc., and Peter, um, some Historian scholars say he was hung upside down on a cross. Uh, other place that I read said that he was killed in Nero's circus, um, which not not like a circus what we see today, but uh, you know with the lions and the animals and that type of thing. Um, so anyway, however it was, he was killed under Nero. So I just found it really interesting when I was reading this and pulling it together. He says, honor the emperor, um, because he wasn't living under a godly uh, leader at that time. And yet he says, honor the emperor. So anyway, just you might want to hold on to that one. First Peter 3, 8, 9 from the Living Bible. And now this word to all of you. You should be like one big happy family, full of sympathy toward each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't snap back at those who say unkind things about you. Instead, pray for God's help for them, for we are to be kind to others, and God will bless us for it. I think that is so hard to do. Uh, but that's what God is calling us to, uh, and that's why we have to step up and beyond because our natural response is to repay evil for evil or to snap back and do something bad to those who do something bad to us. But to, you know, many times, even if we don't do the evil or don't snap back, we don't do the other part, which is pray for God's help for them, for we are to be kind to others, okay? All right, First uh, Peter 5, verses 8 through 9 from the NIV. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. What I want to inject here is uh, I got an email from uh, some of you remember Rick Brown. 
uh, missionary with Wycliffe. He's spoken here twice, but years ago. Um, kind of had fading red hair. Used to be in his youth, it was really red when I first met him. But anyway, uh, he's worked with Wycliffe Bible Translators for many years. He sent an email out this week regarding uh, when he and his wife uh, first went to Sudan long before it was made into two countries. Um, they were with a working with a group of people in a town, a village, and were working on putting the Bible for the first time ever into their language. And that project has been ongoing, good gracious, for decades, okay? It's been at least, I would say, 20, 25, if not 30 years in the making. And they're right at the point now where the New Testament is almost finished, okay? And it's about ready. In the end of, by the end of this year, it should be completely finished and ready for publication. But that process of recruiting people and teaching them and training them and getting them to the point where they can adequately take the scriptures and put it into their language in a way that's accurate and that their people will understand, it's, it's a work. And so having prayed for him and them over the years and watched this whole situation for me is a uh, interesting experience uh, from my perspective. But the email he sent out this week was talking about in South Sudan where these people are, um, the war that's going on there, um, there's a little building that they had built to do the translation work. And two men who are assigned to do the work primarily, their fam they were in the building working. Their families were wherever they lived. Anyway, um, the battle came there, and they were separated from their families. Um, both families took off and went to the UN compound for safety. The two men stayed in the building. And so they've been separated from their families now for weeks, several weeks. And <clears throat> as a result, and the war is still going on, and so in the email he was just talking about how these guys are communicating back with him and they are at a place of um, questioning, can they keep forgiving? Because their village and people they know and love are being raped, being killed, and that type of thing, and how can they forgive in situations like this? And they're ready, they don't want to give up the work, but they want to give up the work so they can go and find their families because they don't know where their families are. Because one family left the compound um, because they didn't feel safe in the compound, so they left and went out into the um, forest. And um, the other family, they're not sure where they are. And so as I was just, he was just asking for prayer um, for their families, for these two men, and as well as for the work to be completed, you know, by God's grace. And I was just like, you know, and so this scripture here, you know, talks about 
Resist him, stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, so that email, it just puts things in a whole new light from things that you see yourself going through. And when you hear about something like that, uh, for me, my sufferings don't compare to that. Um, I, I, I really, that's above and beyond me. But anyway, do pray for them as the Lord uh, brings it to your mind, and I would appreciate it. First John chapter 2, 15 through 17, this is from the Living Bible, says, Stop loving this evil world and all that it offers you. For when you love these things, you show that you do not really love God. For all these worldly things, these evil desires, the craze for sex, the ambition to buy everything that appeals to you, and the pride that comes from wealth and importance, these are not from God. They are from this evil world itself. And this world is fading away, and these evil forbidden things will go with it. But whoever keeps doing the will of God will live forever. First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, NIV. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And then the last one is the book of Jude. <clears throat> this is the living Bible. From Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, he was also the natural brother of Jesus. Two, Christians everywhere, beloved of God and chosen by him, May you be given more and more of God's kindness, peace, and love. Dearly loved friends, I had been planning to write you some thoughts about the salvation God has given us, but now I find I must write of something else instead, urging you to stoutly defend the truth that God gave once for all to his people to keep without change through the years. I say this because some godless teachers have wormed their way in among you, saying that after we become Christians, we can do just as we like without fear of God's punishment. The fate of such people was written long ago, for they have turned against our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. My answer to them is, remember this fact, which you already know that the Lord saved a whole nation of people out of the land of Egypt and then killed every one of them who did not trust and obey him. And I remind you of those angels who were once pure and holy, but turned to a life of sin. Now God has them chained up in prisons in darkness, waiting for the judgment day. And don't forget the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, all full of lust of every kind, including lust of men for other men. Those cities were destroyed by fire and continue to be a warning to us 
that there is a hell in which sinners are punished. Yet these false teachers carelessly go right on living their evil, immoral lives, degrading their bodies and laughing at those in authority over them, even scoffing at the glorious ones. Yet Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, when he was arguing with Satan about Moses' body, did not dare to accuse even Satan or jeer at him, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. But these men mock and curse at anything they do not understand. And like animals, they do whatever they feel like, thereby ruining their souls. Woe upon them, for they follow the example of Cain who killed his brother. And like Balaam, they will do anything for money. And like Korah, they have disobeyed God and will die under his curse. When these men join you at the love feast of the church, they are evil smears among you, laughing and carrying on, gorging and stuffing themselves without a thought for others. They are like clouds blowing over dry land without giving any rain, promising much but producing nothing. They are like fruit trees without any fruit at picking time. They are not only dead, but doubly dead, for they have been pulled out, roots and all, to be burned. All they leave behind them is shame and disgrace, like the dirty foam left along the beach by the wild waves. They wander around looking as bright as stars, but ahead of them is the everlasting gloom and darkness that God has prepared for them. Enoch, who lived seven generations after Adam, knew about these men and said this about them. See, the Lord is coming with millions of his holy ones. He will bring the people of the world before him in judgment to receive just punishment and to prove the terrible things they have done in rebellion against God, revealing all they have said against him. These men are constant gripers, never satisfied, doing whatever evil they feel like, they are loudmouthed show-offs, and when they show respect for others, it is only to get something from them in return. Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ told you, that in the last times there would come these scoffers whose whole purpose in life is to enjoy themselves in every evil way imaginable. They stir up arguments. They love the evil things of the world. They do not have the Holy Spirit living in them. But you, dear friends, must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. Wait patiently for the eternal life that our Lord Jesus Christ in his mercy is going to give you. Try to help those who argue against you. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save some by snatching them as from the very flames of hell itself. And as for others, help them to find the Lord by being kind to them. But be careful that you yourselves aren't pulled along into their sins. Hate every trace of their sin while being merciful to them as sinners. And now, all glory to him who alone is God, 
who saves us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, splendor and majesty, all power and authority are his from the beginning. His they are, and his they evermore shall be. And he is able to keep you from slipping and falling away and to bring you sinless and perfect into his glorious presence with mighty shouts of everlasting joy. Amen. And my conclusion is, may God give us grace to love the people in the world without loving the systems of the world. All right, let's stand and we'll pray and be dismissed. So, Lord, we uh, hear your word. Lord, as uh, you say in Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord to the dry bones. Lord, help us to hear your spirit speaking to us today. For, Lord, you are calling us to be not like the rest of the world, not even like people who say they're Christians, but haven't truly given their lives to you. Lord God, you're calling your people, Lord, you're calling your people to be different, to love the unlovable, to pray for our leaders, to love our enemies. Lord, you're calling us to exhibit Christ's love in tangible, practical ways. And Lord, I, one of your sons, say, I know I can't do it on my own. I cannot do it in my own strength. And so, Lord, I pray to you on my behalf and on the half, behalf of my brothers and sisters. And Lord, I ask that you grace us, Lord, that you grace us by your Holy Spirit. Give us the power, Lord, that is in your word that, that comes from your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Enable us, strengthen us, Lord. Equip us, Lord, as your word says you will, Lord. Faithful is he who calls us who also will do it, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for equipping us and empowering us to live the life that brings you glory, to be the difference, Lord God to win those, Lord God, who argue against us, to love them to Christ. Lord, to do good instead of evil, to pray for them and not own them. Lord God, help us also to keep ourselves from being polluted and stained by the world systems. May we look to you, Lord God. May we not live in fear, Lord God. But Lord, we, we just say, Lord, you lead us. Lord, you guide us. Speak to us moment by moment of each day, Lord God. Father, we bless you. We have hearts to love you. We want to be what you're calling us to be 100%. When we finish our course here on this earth, Lord, we want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, we 
No, we can't do it of our own. But Lord, we have faith in you because you're not calling us to what cannot be done. But with you, all things are possible. So Lord, make them possible in us and through us to your honor, to your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray and we bless you. Amen.